WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Everyone, welcome to the first episode of Three Point Conversion. Uh, very excited to start this podcast. I'm your host, Carson Keel, along with Adam Hambright. And uh, very exciting as, of course, we are starting literally right before the XFL kicks off their season. And we're nearly 60 days away from the USFL kicking off theirs. So we have a lot to talk about and a lot to discuss throughout this podcast. So just a quick introduction to kind of how things will be going. Are your course going to be covering the XFL? Because, again, it's a spring league. We're covering the USFL because it's a spring league. If there's a spring league, we're probably going to talk about it because this is three-point conversion, your best all-football podcast, and we're excited to be a part of your listening routine. So, Adam, I guess... With the XFL coming up, again, this Saturday, as of the time of recording on Tuesday, uh, a lot of games as they're going to be kicking off the third variation of the league. Of course, this time it's not a Vince McMahon-owned league. It's The Rock along with several business partners. So I guess uh, opening thoughts on that Saturday kickoff. You know, I'm very excited for this. Uh, last year we had, you know, the USFL kind of – reinvigorate the kind of alt football, the springlies and stuff. And obviously this is, you know, another springly that's coming around. We've seen the XFL before. It's going to be very different. It's obviously a different operation, but you know, this weekend we have, you know, let's see four games. Um, we have Vegas Vipers at Arlington Renegades um, and Orlando Guardians at the Houston Roughnecks. That'll be on Saturday. Um, then we have St. Louis Battlehawks and the San Antonio Abramas um, starting it off on Sunday. And I seem to have problems with the schedule. Right <laughs> uh, that, so it's, again, St. Louis at uh, the Brahmas, and then Seattle's at D.C. to end things on Sunday. Uh, so uh, quite a packed week, especially for the Texas teams, because uh, the three teams that are in Texas, they're all playing along with D.C. Uh, so no really West Coast games to kick off opening weekend, which is uh, a little surprising, if you ask me. So I guess looking at these matchups, uh, I, I'm very interested mostly in Seattle at, at San Antonio. I think San Antonio has been kind of the most exciting expansion market. Uh, but then, of course, you have St. Louis. Again, you look at 2020. That was a very energetic fan base. They still are making themselves well-known online. So I guess what's kind of – before we kind of get into the meat and potatoes of this, what's kind of your favorite matchup that you are looking forward to? Well, the one that I'm going to be paying close attention to is that St. Louis Battle Hawks and uh, San Antonio Brahma's uh, matchup. Um, really – yeah, the thing that brought me into this um, was when the Battle Hawks announced that AJ McCarron uh, was going to be signed on their team. Um, you know, I followed him at Alabama his whole time here, and then you know, pretty much a journeyman in the NFL could never really make it work. He had a couple of good uh, starting job opportunities, and now he's getting a fresh start in the XFL. Um, so I kind of want to see how he does. You know, now that he's not in the NFL, like does he still have it? Can he get some of that magic right. that he had back in college? So that's the matchup I'm going to be paying close attention to, mostly because I want to see how you know somebody that 
we saw get multiple chances in the NFL, but just couldn't keep a starting job to now, you know, being the starter, XFL. Can he bring some of that old excitement back? Yeah, and I think that's been kind of a criticism of this St. Louis team because, again, you look – again, the 2020 uh, St. Louis team had Jordan Tayamu. He, of course, went and played for Tampa Bay in the USFL last year. Wasn't exactly uh, a great look compared to his St. Louis uh, five-game career. And then he's now in D.C. Uh, St. Louis, again, bringing in, a, I guess you could say, an older veteran quarterback to come in and maybe lead their offense. So I think that's been a criticism that's been very interesting to see because, again, you have a star like AJ, but also a St. Louis regional star like Jordan. And you, 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 I guess you could kind of almost say cast him out a little bit by bringing in AJ and not bringing back Jordan. I think that's been an interesting kind of dynamic to look at for St. Louis fans. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll see how it all works out. Obviously, this is going to be interesting to see um, with the XFL. Are they going to have the same success that the USFL had last time? Um, I think it's going to be good. I think we're going to have a lot of exciting football. And, you know, they say that this is football for the fans. So right. hopefully we can see, you know, something that we're not used to seeing on a football <laughs> field. Well, both leagues like to say that, but still – and we actually so with the week one matchups, there's actually an interesting little effect. Seattle at DC is a repeat of week one in the 2020 XFL mm, season. That's true. So, do you think we see a DC victory like last time, or does Seattle sneak by a win? Because Seattle has they, they've been also another team that has been retaining, I guess, former NFL names or former college stars uh, such as Josh Gordon as a wide receiver. He's playing in Seattle now. Yeah, I kind of like Seattle in this matchup. Um, I just think that with Josh Gordon, you know, if he's able to have any kind of success like he did in, in his few stints in the NFL when he was able to be playing, right. um, he was he was a playmaker, right? And so if he can have anything like that, um, I like Seattle. The only question I kind of have is like that's that's a long that's a long flight that's yeah. a long that's a lot of travel, um, so they might be a little you know wobbly getting off the plane, but you know. I just like Seattle. Yeah. Well, I guess that's to be fair. Let's talk about the travel, actually. So the XFL, they are having a hub kind of like the USFL, but they're doing it different. Uh, all practice, everything is basically in Dallas or Arlington, to be fair, uh, throughout the entire week. And then home games are happening in the home stadiums, but the next day they're flying back. Cycle renews. Uh, so that's an interesting choice to have for the XFL. And that's been a question I have, and along with other people, we're going to see what happens with kickoff. Does this kind of have jet lag on the other teams, which I think it's really going to help the Texas teams, but D.C. is going to be kind of the real question, and then we'll see what happens with Seattle. Yeah, once we get those games in the, yeah. the next couple of weeks. But we have, you know, we saw it with the USFL last year, right? They, they had just the hub, right? right? They were in Birmingham. There wasn't a lot of, like, obviously they didn't have to travel for the games. It was all right there. Um, now this one, they want to kind of do the same thing because they don't want to be traveling too much, but it's still... You're, you're traveling a lot just, yeah. for, just to have a practice up. Like, you're having a practice up, but then you're still traveling all over the country for the games, and then you're traveling all the way back to the practice up. So I yeah. didn't really understand that. Um, but like you said, you know, if, if you're in Texas, you know, it's you can hop on a bus and go. But Seattle, D.C., Vegas, um, Vegas, St. Louis, they, they, they're kind of exempt. You, know, you got Orlando. That's, 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 yeah. still, that's still far. Um, 
St. Louis probably has the easiest travel mm-hmm. other than the Texas teams, but it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Yeah, it is. So uh, a lot to look at uh, again this upcoming weekend. Uh, so just a quick review. Uh, so Vipers at Arlington. That's on. That's at uh, two p p.m. CST. That's on ABC. Orlando at Houston. That is going to be at seven thirty CST. That's on ESPN and FX. Uh, then Sunday, St. Louis at San Antonio. That's at 2 p.m. again on ABC. And then to wrap things up, Seattle at D.C. That's at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, so those are your kind of the XFL games to look at this upcoming week. Yeah, it's good uh, for, you know, the actual television contract they were able to get, you know, with ABC, ESPN, um, even FX to extent. That's kind of lower. But like with ABC and ESPN, I know technically they're both owned by, right. by Disney. Disney and everything. But, you know, that's more accessible to some people than say you know the USFL because they'll be on like FS1 and FS2 uh, this year so I kind of like um, that little television package they were able to get. Well that's I'm actually going to correct you there because majority of the games are seemingly looking like the like the USFL last year where 50% were on over the air television yeah. uh, with Fox and NBC uh, opening weekend we have three of the stations revealed so far for the uh, week one games of the USFL. It's a Fox doubleheader on Saturday and then one game on the Memphis at uh, no not Memphis, but uh, Michigan at Houston. That is going to be an NBC game. So we're unsure about the last one, but uh, a little competition there. Uh, But I think it's fair to talk about the XFL's criticism of their TV deal because they only have seven over-the-air games compared to USFL where they're they're at least having 50%. Uh, I guess, does that play a factor possibly in looking at marketing? Because, again, seven over-the-air games compared to the USFL's 20-ish or over 20th that we're going to see probably does that kind of play into maybe mm, it could we need to probably need to see some more flexing of games on the ABC uh, it could potentially um, it's definitely you do want to get the most eyes on your product especially when you're just starting out um, with the USFL last year you know they had a pretty good um, deal with getting you know more eyes to it um, the issue that they kind of had was with it all being a Birmingham you right. didn't really have those home crowds seeing them mm-hmm. um, so that might have been why they decided to kind of travel to those home markets so that the people that couldn't see it on the games could at least go in person yeah um but I think you do want to get the most people like seeing it no matter what. If it's on a streaming platform right. or if it's on TV, TV would probably be more accessible than a streaming platform. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, obviously, you know, week one will be, you know, a good little test of it. And then we'll kind of see if they decide to tweak anything in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think that's the real question. But moving on, we're just talking about the USFL. Now it's time to kind of move into another subject. So the news that kind of came out today and this might be we might have entire answers by the time uh, this, this is put out but Kevin Sumlin is seemingly out at Houston he's going to be going to Maryland uh, University I should say University of Maryland uh, and he is going to be a co-offensive coordinator along with a tight ends coach there uh, kind of very odd to see this happening so late uh, a lot of people wondering if this there might be already a replacement in tow uh, so uh, I have I have a potential uh, in mind that's all I'm going to say what we could see but I guess your thoughts first on Kevin Sumlin leaving the Houston Gamblers. I mean, he really wants to get, you know, back to a high level coaching uh, position. Um, I liked him in Houston. You know, he was Houston's where he was, he was known, you know, he, he was the coach at Houston, uh, 
I believe, uh, in college. And then, you know, he ended up going to uh, Texas A&M. Um, he comes – he didn't have the, the best success at Texas A&M, even though he's done, you know, about the same that Jimbo Fisher has done there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he goes to the Gamblers. Now he's getting back in college, even though he's not going to be a head coach. He's going to be, you know, co-offensive coordinator. Um I think he wants to kind of show everybody that he can get back to top of the head coaching world in either the college. He might try the NFL. I think he's going to try to stay with college and kind of get those big college contracts that we've seen uh, more recently. So I kind of like the move. Um, you know, how how successful was he going to be in the USFL? We, we won't really know. Yeah. You know? But – you know, Miami, they had a – I mean, not Miami. <laughs> I'm making mistakes already. Uh, <laughs> Maryland, you know, they had a pretty decent offense last year. So, maybe right. he can kind of, you know, with uh, Talia Tungvaluwa going into his final year there, maybe he can kind of give him something that he can improve on to where that offense is even better and possibly get some of those players in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I guess – so, I have, I have two ideas for a possible replacement – uh, for for my Kevin Sumlin, uh, so the, my first one it's kind of the dream pick. It's not the realistic one. Jeff Fisher he did leave the Michigan Panthers. A rumor was because he he wanted to be closer to his family in Tennessee. Now that you have this opening, could you see because Houston is playing in Memphis, Tennessee, could you see Jeff Fisher step back in and possibly come in and kind of take over Houston? I think that's a possibility. I kind of doubt it, though. I think he might want to just step away for now, be with his family, understand that. But someone who I think could come in uh, and kind of, I think, be a real positive influence here in the league, Mike Malarkey, former Tennessee Titans head coach, uh, former all-around coach throughout the league. He's basically an offensive guy. I think he could be a really good pickup for the USFL if they bring him in. He could probably come in uh, with a draft coming up probably later this month. Well, again, that's info. That's kind of we're kind of waiting and seeing on that. But uh, just something to kind of talk about and discuss uh, later. But he, do you think he could be a good pick uh, for the USFL to come in and lead this Houston franchise? You know, really anybody at this point could be, you know, a decent pick. Um, I like the names that you mentioned. Um, I do think the Jeff Fisher one is kind of high in the sky. That one might be a dream like pickup for him, but I just don't see that one happening. You know, Malarkey, I see that one more likely. It'll be interesting to see who they actually try to pick up because they could go a number of different ways. They could go with. Um, somebody that's been in the USFL. They could try to uh, get one of these guys that have been fired from the NFL or uh, college football. Might try to pull some of those in. I mean, there's many names that are still floating around waiting for uh, coaching jobs. Or do they start trying to poach from other teams um, in the USFL? I don't know if you have enough experience seeing them with their teams now with just the one season. Well, I'll 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 say Jaron Horton, defensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Mallers. He was actually up for the Pittsburgh job when they were looking at that. He apparently was up for other jobs, uh, but he was not selected. He could be a good shoe-in for this Houston team. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to watch for the in the next couple weeks um, yeah. before their season starts. Yeah, that, that's an interesting thing. So, 
that's just about it this week, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the inaugural episode of Three Point Conversion. I've been Carson Kiel, and I've been joined by... Adam Hambright. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week, hopefully with more news. And we'll get to talk about, of course, XFL game recaps and USFL news as we get it. So, see you around, everybody. See you. WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa.